travel with Grab One. Discover new deals every day. Mr. Mike Yardley is with us. Morning, Kilda. Kia ora, Jack. How are you? You're very well, thanks. This morning you were taking us tripping around Tarawera, and all trips to Tarawera should include the buried village Te Wairua, right? Oh my goodness. I think this place is the cradle within the cradle of New Zealand tourism because obviously, as people will know, it was the staging post for all those Victorians who set off to see the terraces pre-eruption. So yeah, this place gave birth to our tourist trade. And what I love about Te Wairua is it's like our own mini version of Pompeii. So even though it was once a thriving village knocked over by a massive volcanic eruption, there was just so much to explore there. So much has been excavated, Mm. salvaged. You can see the skeletal remains of the buildings. And this has just been this ongoing labour of love for the Smith family over the past 90 years. There is a real sense of history and tragedy and new beginnings all at Te Wairua. I'm embarrassed to say I've never been. I'm shameless, I know, Jack. I know, I know. It's terrible. <laughs> I mean, well, given I won't be going to Australia again anytime soon, maybe that's maybe that's a good option for me to take a little bit of a um, spring break. Are there any standouts yeah. in the museum there? Well, what really captured me are the personalities that they bring to life within the museum. So, for example, there was this fella called Tu Hortor, who was the local village priest or tohanga, and the principal guide who led the tour group, Sophia. So I'll keep this short, but just before the eruption, she was out on the lake rides with the tour group, and they all claimed they witnessed a phantom canoe full of warriors on the water. Right. And the the priest, Tuhorta, was adamant when he heard about this, this was a sign, disaster is imminent. And as it was, he was buried alive by the ash and mud from Tadawera, Remarkably, he survived after being dug out four days later. But the mystery remains. What the hell did Sophia and this tour party actually see? And there are three theories. One, was it an apparition? Were they simply hallucinating on volcanic gases? Or was it actually a dislodged burial waka floating on the lake, complete with the bodies? Because back in those days... They were buried upright on the waka. Isn't that the most awesome mystery? That's amazing, eh? Yeah, that's yeah. that's so that's curious. Oh, cool. Mm. And, and how was the how was the lake? Oh, sensational, Jack. Mm. I took a cruise with Totally Tarawera, and it's run by Dave and Karen. Karen is actually a descendant of Sophia. She went on, of course, to be the pioneering guide Sophia at Fakarewa Rewa. So the family stories are just fascinating, and you will get a real sense of the drama and the beauty of the lake when you take a cruise with these guys. The star specimen is Tarata, hot water beach, not to be confused with the one in Coromandel. Yeah. Um, the sand is warm enough to cook freshly caught trout. Oh. And uh, in summer, it's a dock camping site, so as you can imagine, it's wildly popular. And people will head down at night to the hot stream and uh, cook up their casserole or lamb shanks, as you do. Uh, we also staked out uh, the natural bush hot pool. And this is like this enchanting secret garden. And yeah. you just lie back in this big, crystal clear watered pool, wrapped in the finery of the forest. It is just total bliss. Oh, that sounds awesome. Why did Waimangu Volcanic, or how does, how does Waimangu Volca, a Volcanic Valley fit into the whole eruption story? Yeah, well, I hadn't previously appreciated this, but it is central to the whole legacy mm. of the eruption because as the mountains split in two, it essentially unzipped the Earth's surface for 17K, and this rift 
violently created Waimangu, the geothermal spectacles we see today, um, like that um, massive lake, the largest hot spring in the world, Frying Pan Lake, and also Inferno Crater, which is just this massive azure jewel steaming away. So all of that was created as a result mm. of Tarawera's eruption. So, yeah, it's an amazing valley. You could spend all day in that valley. Did you take a cruise over the site of the terraces? Yes, yeah. and this edges Waimangu. So Lake Rotomahana is where the pink and white terraces were located. And I know this is all a bit of a sort of a geographical exercise here, but Lake Tarawera joins with Lake Rotomahana. Uh, Rotomahana was supersized 20 times by the explosion of the mountain. And the terraces, the remnants of the terraces were discovered about a decade ago by a mm. German submarine they brought over. So when you go out on the cruise on Lake Rotomahana today, you actually will go right across the position of where those uh, terrace remnants are. would be very cool to do a submarine trip, I reckon, Jack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the other highlight of the cruise, Fumarole Bay. You can't beat a good Fumarole. And Fumarole Bay, it is like this site of factory chimneys just billowing away on the hillside it is so cool oh yeah that sounds that sounds special where, where did you stay where's a good spot well this place has got your name on it jack's hut <laughs> um the most tranquil stay in tarawera yeah it's got all the comforts in a dollop of history no squat toilets by the way yeah um but it's this little cozy hillside heart stealer just around from tarawera landing where the the pink and white terraces crowd used to head off from. Um, but it was just gorgeous, Jack. And the thing which I really liked about it is this is a real McCoy Shepherd's hut, 90 years old, and it's been beautifully kitted out. You've got your own hot tub to enjoy the night sky. I reckon it would be one of the best New Zealand glamping experiences I've come across. Oh, that's fantastic.